We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. We're going to talk about the 49ers in a second, but first, we've got to talk about our favorite brand, Lamb Chops. Check them out. SGLambChops.com is the website. Candlestick20 is the promo code. Get 20% off. Follow them on Instagram at SGLambChops. Hats, shirts, hoodies, shorts. All of it super dope. And Chris, we actually got a shipment. The plug came through. <laughs> the hoodie, it's it's far from hoodie season in Sacramento these days. It's actually mm. a little cooler today. I think it didn't even break 90 today, which was uh which was a welcome yeah, change from the triple nice. digits we've been we've been getting recently. But um once hoodie season is upon us, I am thrilled to rock my new gray stitched lamb chops hoodie. It's super soft, it's super comfortable. Um, I might wear it around the house when the AC feels like it's going a little too hard since we're uh, we're beating the heat over here in SAC with the AC, but I will do anything to force a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. It's a little but, cool in here. Throw a hoodie on. But I got I mean, I have a we, we I got another set of their sweat shorts, which I absolutely love. I got a set of the leopard print shorts, which not a huge leopard print guy initially, but it's grown on me and I might try it out. Uh, when I go on vacation a little bit later this month. So we'll see how that goes. But love the quality, love the comfort. Um, mm. And it's just uh, it's it's just great stuff. You said it. I'm so I don't. So I'm going to a concert in San Francisco in a couple weeks. And my lamb chops hoodie is my outfit. I'm ready to go. It's my concert outfit. Depending on how cold it's going to be, I might put a jacket like over it. But my favorite thing about it is it's the embroidery on the front. Yeah. It's that it's not like, oh, hey, this is super easy screen printed, throw it out and it's going to fade in the laundry after two washes. Like, no, no, no. This stuff is embroidered on there. Super nice. And like you said, really cozy, really comfortable. Uh, Absolutely love the hoodie. What concert are you going to? I'm going to Blackpink. I don't know what that is. It's a K-pop group. Oh, sure. This, that, pink, venom. Cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sounds great. Ah, ah, ah. It's going to be great. I'm super excited about it. Uh, and I'm even more excited because I'm going to look super dope in my Lamb Chops hoodie. 
sglambchops.com. Go get yours today. We got the like the like heather gray one. It says lamb chops and black across the front. Really, really cool. And use promo code candlestick20 at sglambchops.com to get 20% off today. Follow them on Instagram to get all their new looks at sglambchops on Instagram. You can check out the looks there. You can buy clothes through there. Super dope. They're a Minnesota-based fashion brand founded in 2012. Their mission is to lead the herd with original and high quality ho- high quality clothing. They check both of those boxes and offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to everyday essentials. They certainly do both of that, those things as well, and that's why they're our favorite brand and the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. All right, shout out to Lamb Chops. Let's dive into our 49ers 53-man Roths projection. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Day six of camp has wrapped up. We're recording this Tuesday. Day six of training camp has wrapped up. The 49ers have had two padded practices. No roster decision, roster, roster decisions, easy for me to say, have been made. I need that to be really clear up front. Nothing that's happened in two days of padded practice has swung the coaching staff super far one way or the other. And before we get into all this, Chris... I just want to talk about the the quarterback discussion. Well, that's where we're going to start, right? Where that's at. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's good on on the fly producing by you. Let's start at the quarterback spot. I think based on, unless you've made some last minute changes, I think we have the same thing going on at quarterback. I have Brock Purdy. I have Trey Lance. I have Sam Darnold. I don't think Brandon Allen's going to make the team. I don't think Brandon Allen's going to make it as a fourth quarterback. I don't think Brandon Allen's going to make it over Sam Darnold. And I don't think he's going to make it over Trey Lance. Or Brock Purdy, for that matter. I don't care how many reps he's gotten. I don't care how things have looked. It's very, very clear to me, based on what we've seen, again, through two padded practices. This is just an early look at a 53-man roster projection. I just, I think that's the layup for the 49ers. And I think if they try and do anything differently than the Purdy Lance Darnold trio, they're dramatically overthinking. Yeah, I think a really important point on this too, even beyond the reps discussion and Eric Branch and Kyle Shanahan had a really interesting back and forth earlier in the week. Maybe it was over the weekend about how many reps Brandon Allen has been getting as a four string quarterback. And normally four string quarterbacks don't get that many. Mm-hmm. Um, but then since Brandon Allen has not been given, and this is according to our good buddy, Nick Wagner, who's been at practice every day, obviously he said, Brandon Allen hasn't been getting any reps in the move, the draw, move the ball periods, which mm-hmm. are sort of like live running clock periods, getting in and out of the huddle, two minute drill, those types of things. Brandon Allen hasn't been getting any of those reps. Those have been going to the top three guys, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold and, and Trey Lance. Um, so, yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan, 
I think he does like Brandon Allen, and I think I believe him when he says Brandon Allen had a good enough spring to to earn more reps in practice than maybe a typical four string quarterback. And his pedigree or his history in the league as a as a backup quarterback last year for the Bengals would suggest mm-hmm. that maybe he's overqualified to be a number four quarterback. But my whole thing with the Niners quarterback situation is just zoom out and look where they are organizationally. Right. Mm-hmm. They are at a place where all the chips are in They're They've pushed all of their chips into the middle of the table to try to win a Super Bowl this year. Right. And so no matter how many reps Brandon Allen gets in the earliest portion of training camp. I don't think Kyle Shanahan could look at anybody in that organization and say, despite whatever Trey Lance has or hasn't done on the practice field or in games, he unequivocally has a higher ceiling than Brandon Allen. And if we, are, if we are trying to win a Super Bowl this year, then it it doesn't make any sense to play Brandon Allen or to have Brandon Allen over Trey Lance and, and maybe even Sam Darnold, right? Just mm-hmm. from a pure talent perspective, Sam Darnold and Trey Lance are the number three pick in their respective drafts. So I just... You know, I, I think this is one of those early on in training camp things that's probably going to evolve over time to where as the competition continues to pick up between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold for the backup job, Brandon Allen's reps are going to keep diminishing in number and it's going to become more appear- apparent that the 49ers are just going to keep three quarterbacks. And right. we saw John Lynch this week when he spoke to reporters say it's going to be incredibly difficult to keep four quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And even going back to what Kyle Shanahan said on Tim Kawakami's podcast, he's like, he's not necessarily, it didn't sound like my, one of my takeaways from that conversation was Kyle Shanahan doesn't sound like he's going to overreact to what happened in the NFC championship game and feel like he needs to keep four quarterbacks because nobody has ever seen that happen in a, in a big, in a playoff spot where right. you're down to your four string guy. I think the reaction from them would come if, let's say Brock Purdy gets hurt again, you know, knock on wood, but just disaster scenario, Brock Purdy gets hurt again. Okay. Let's say Brandon Allen's on the practice squad. Okay. They elevate him. Uh, Okay. Trey Lance is in Trey Lance goes down. That's when I think you would see a reaction from them that goes beyond, Oh, uh, Josh Johnson or Jacob Eason. I think they would make a more concerted effort to try and go get a quarterback that that they think is capable of, of winning a game. Yeah, or bring Tom Brady out of retirement. <laughs> I mean, he's at, that's Raiders co-owner Tom Brady or whatever. <laughs> or, or just go get Kirk Cousins at the deadline. Oof. Um <laughs> just kidding. I think I think I the the thing the big takeaway for me from the first again, two days of pattern practice. Okay. Everything we say on this pod is most of what we say is is subject to change here. Through the first two days of padded practice, the big takeaway for me is that nothing has happened that separated any quarterback in any way. Brock Purdy is QB1. He's taken every single QB1 rep. The 49ers were very vocal about saying Brock Purdy is going to be the starter when he comes back. And he came back for the first well, well, second. In all the camp. practices he's participating in, he's taken every first team rep. Right. You're right. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. That's right. So when he's participating, which is two days out of every out of every three practices, He's getting all the first team reps. So that's that's where that's at. And then Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are still splitting second team reps. 
I don't think any any player has done anything to sway any coach strongly one way or the other to say that, oh, this guy is definitely in the lead for this, for the backup quarter. Like, no, nah, man, it's a competition. They're playing it out. And it's two days into pattern practice. Yeah, I have a hard time believing, too, even the coaching staff is like, after two days of padded practice being like, okay, this is the pecking order. Right. What well, the fa- <laughs> right. It's been the same kind of deal. Every, every practice, right. they're going to let this thing play out. Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, unless one of them completely face plants. I don't, I, I think this is going to be something that goes down to the very end and hanging on every single throw or every single practice stat line or every single move, the ball drill, or, you know, was that, an interception or was it pass interference? What are the, the minutia of practice play by play is not going to solve what the 49ers have going on at, at quarterback. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like to the point about like, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff about, and this is coming from national outlets, which has been a little bit surprising to me um, that Trey Lance is on really shaky ground and maybe this is just my opinion. Maybe, maybe Trey Lance really is on quote unquote shaky ground, but I just don't see it. And I don't think that's true. Um, Sorry, go ahead. I, I think given how much the 49ers have relied on their back of quarterbacks in the last few years, it would be completely insane to just punt on a guy who, who still has a high ceiling, who's still a largely unknown commodity who still could be a franchise quarterback in the league. We don't know unequivocally what Trey Lance mm-hmm. is or is not. Um, just punting on a guy that talented at the most important position in football doesn't make any sense. And I go back to the idea that the 49ers are all in on this season in particular, right? We don't know if Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are both going to be on the roster next year. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we don't know if Eric Armstead's going to be on the roster next year. We don't know how long George Kittle's going to be around on his big contract. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so the 49ers are getting more and more expensive as time goes on. And so they're looking at this year as this might be our last best chance with this exact core. So going and get, even if you get a third or fourth round pick from for Trey Lance in a trade, that's not helping you win the Super Bowl this year. But if Brock mm-hmm. Purdy and or Sam Darnold get hurt, like you still have a guy who knows your offense, who theoretically has a very high ceiling, who just needs to play football. Who knows, you know, like who knows what could happen and why couldn't Trey Lance do what Brock Purdy did last year, right? Yeah. So for them to punt on Trey Lance for a future late to mid-round pick when his value is is at its absolute lowest doesn't make sense to me, particularly if it's for somebody like Brandon Allen, who we know what he looks like in the league and he's a backup quarterback at best. I think the thing you're pointing at that's coming from a a couple different national outlets about how Trey Lance is on shaky ground. I think that's something born out of not necessarily following super closely through the off season. If you were of the belief that the 49ers, and I, again, this is, I, I'm not even going to single any one or any site or any channel or any network or whatever out because I saw this a, a lot. 
there was never a starting quarterback battle in the Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold universe. That was only if Brock Purdy was not healthy and he is now cleared and fully participating in practice with no restrictions aside from two days on one day off. hundred percent. So if you were of the belief going into camp that, Hey, Trey Lance is in a battle for the starting job. And you're just now becoming privy to the fact that Brock Purdy is taking every QB one rep when he's, when he's practicing. And he is going to be the starter. You're just now catching up on, oh, let's see. Let's do some math. Okay, so Trey Lance is now the backup. And if he's the backup and they think Brock Purdy's the starter, let's see, he has one year left on his contract. Oh, man, Trey Lance might be, Trey Lance's time, San Francisco might be coming to an end. Like, yeah, man. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) I've been here for a few months now. So that's 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 where I think a lot of that comes from is if you're just now realizing that that the path to Trey Lance being with the 49ers long term is is filled with with roadblocks, then, yeah, you're gonna be like, oh, he's on shaky ground. But that's just kind of been apparent to anybody, I think, paying attention. Right. And if they cut Trey Lance, it's he he's he was drafted in the first round. His entire contract is basically guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So you're not clearing any cap space by cutting him. The only the only way you I think clear cap Lance... space the the way you clear cap space is by trading him. But to the point I hit on a little bit earlier, like trading him doesn't help them at all this year when they are right. cl- very clearly all in on trying to win the Super Bowl this year. The only way the only and just to this is not a thing that happens. The only thing that helps them is if they trade him for a quarterback that they think is better. <laughs> Probably not happening. Right. Unless he's so, in the Sam Darnold trade just before the deadline. Yeah, I, I just. I, All right, not talking sa- like Kirk before, Cousins. Sorry, not Sam Darnold. Kirk Cousins. Just talking, talking before the year, like talking going into the year. Yeah, I just I don't know how the 49ers go into Week One with anyone other than these three quarterbacks on their roster. I agree, and the only way, like Trey Lance, as long as Brock Purdy's a starter. Beyond this season, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for Trey Lance to be on the roster as a backup mm-hmm. because he will be making $10 million. So trade him next offseason, right? Because you're going to yeah. like, you need to operate as if you need all three guys, I think, throughout the season. And then anyway. when you need the cap space because you're unable to restructure as many guys as you have in the last couple off seasons. Then you trade him and then you clear that cap space. But cutting yeah. him is not going to do them any good because it doesn't clear any cap space. Trading him, in my opinion, would be antithetical to what their whole motif is this season. Yep. And so, yeah, I think the answer is pretty, like, pretty obvious that it's going to be three guys. And I would just be stunned if Brandon Allen beats out. If Brandon Allen is on the 53-man roster instead of Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. Trey Lance in particular. If if Brandon Allen beat out Sam Darnold, like, like okay. Like, that would be an upset to me, but it wouldn't be completely crazy. Them punting on Trey Lance and just being like, this guy can't play quarterback yeah, would be kind of insane to me. Especially when nothing has happened uh, based on what what's coming out of camp. Nothing has happened that has made that even remotely the case. Yeah, like, I think... Like, Lance has been fine. And he's been better. He's been improving. Yeah. It's gotten yeah. So, so the only if if Brandon Allen uh, last thing I want to say on this, if Brandon Allen was like getting second team reps 
and just lighting it up every time he threw the football. Okay, then we can. But like you said earlier, there's a whole bunch of like really vital stuff that he's not even participating in. Yeah. So. And if Brandon Allen beats out Trey Lance and the 49ers have to trade Trey Lance, like what's that say about his trade value? <laughs> yeah. What's it? Yeah. I don't know. What's it say at that point? Game for your life. You're starting Brandon Allen or Trey Lance. So like in the playoffs, if, if the 49ers need a starter, if Brock Purdy's unavailable and their two options are Trey Lance or Brandon Allen, it's Trey Lance. You're starting Trey Lance every single time. 11 times out of 10. It's not even, it's not even close. Again, no disrespect to Brandon Allen, but that's just kind of where it's at. What if I just had a vendetta against Brandon Allen? We're just going to be branded as like the anti Brandon Allen pod. Just (laughs) there's only room for one BA on this team. Brandon Allen, six round pick of the Jaguars. Tells you everything you need to know. Name a good Jaguars quarterback. Brandon Allen did complete 100% of his throws last year. So did Brock Purdy in the NFC title game. Mm, good knowledge. Thanks. Anyways, that's all I have to say about the quarterbacks for now. I don't think anything's changed. With you. Uh, let's jump over. Let's jump over to running backs. I have four. Uh, you do the, you include Kyle Juszczyk, right? Yes, so I have five. Okay, so okay, then I'll just do that. I have five. Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, uh, Ty Davis Price, and Kyle Juszczyk. Yep, we're in lockstep there. I think one of the more interesting things is it sounds like Ty Davis Price is improved a lot. Just lighting it up, apparently. And as a as a third round running back, like typically the the expectations for that position when you draft at that spot should be pretty high. Mm-hmm. And so if they're like really impressed with him, like, man, the 49ers might be just loaded at running back because Jordan Mason was like unequivocally pretty good. Very good last year. So Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best running back in the league. Elijah Mitchell, who was when he's healthy, and obviously that's a huge caveat, but when he's healthy is unquestionably good enough to be a starter in the league. Mm-hmm. Ty Davis Price a highly drafted guy and Jordan Mason, a guy who was really good in his, in his duty, in his spot duty last year. I mean, if these dudes stay healthy, which is obviously a big, if like this is a loaded, loaded running back group, potentially. The thing that jumps out to me, because I was of the mind that Davis price was on the Trey sermon track out of Santa Clara. I thought that he would get beat out by, uh, Kalen Laburn, and that was going to be it. But when Kyle Shanahan gasses up a skill position guy, it really opens my eyes, and it's something I listen to very closely. Yeah, he's hard on those guys. And he got asked in, this was uh, July 30th, whatever day that is, Sunday. He got asked on July 30th, what did Ty Davis Price need to do to improve after his rookie year, and have you seen steps? Shanahan said, quote, yeah, I think he's already done it. I mean, he's taken a huge jump since last year. I mean, just the conditioning that he put in in phase one and two, what he did these 40 days away, just how good he was the first day we saw him in terms of his stamina, how he's running, understanding the offense and what we want out of him more. I thought he had a great OTAs and he's come back and he's been having an even better training camp. He doesn't just say that. 
Right. Like that's he's not the raw raw everybody's awesome coach. No. So I'm I'm all aboard the Ty Davis Bryce bandwagon right now. Yep. Uh Kyle Ustrick making the team. I think he sneaks in there. Okay. Uh tight end. I have four. Same. George Kittle, uh Chuck Warner, Cameron Latu, and Braden Willis. The Rust Welly era could be over. I have Rust Welly making it over Willis. And wow, again, this is just okay. this is just because you by the end of camp might be right. But the way I'm looking at it right now is Dwelly at least has experience and he can play that kind of H back role if if they if they don't have Kyle use check for, for an extended period. Um and so that got him in over Willis, the seventh round pick. I kept Latu, the third round pick, just roster politics, am I right? <laughs> but again, that's based just on that. There's there's been nothing that makes me feel super strongly one way or the other, but that's where I'm at sure. right now on August one. So when the draft happened and the 49ers came out of it with two tight ends, my mm-hmm. takeaway was they're looking for long-term replacements for Warner and Dwelly. Sure. Um, because Warner's entering the last year of his contract and Dwelly's just sort of a fringe roster guy anyway. Is that a one one year deal? Yeah. yeah, one year deal. So like Warner obviously played a lot more than Dwelly. They like Warner's blocking a lot. I think Warner is a good a good blocker. Um, so yeah, that's why I went with with Willis and Latu, just to can give I, those can give I... the recent draft picks the nod. I think the Niners, I don't know if I've said this on the pod yet, but I think the Kyle Shanahan zag is going to be more multiple tight end sets this year. I'm pretty sure I've said that on the pod before. But I think we're going to see a lot of like 12 and 22 from them. And if whichever player can catch passes effectively is going to get that second tight end job. Don't tell Juwan Jennings. Think they convert him? Can Jalen Hurd play tight end? That's a throwback. <laughs> Can Jalen Hurd play football? Oh, the answer might be no. Jalen Hurd retired from the Patriots after a week, a week or two. It's a bummer for him, man. Feel bad for sure. Um, I wasn't entirely surprised, but yeah, I, it it sucks to go through like all those injuries and like to be at that point where you get a chance with another team and then it stops after a week or two. That's that's like brutal. Really, really brutal. Yeah. I, I think the, the moral of the story here is I think they keep four tight ends and I think they wind up using more multiple tight end stuff this year. Sure. Just to, just to kind of try and combat modern defenses. Shannon staying one step ahead. Mm. Wide receiver. Yeah. I got six of them. Okay. Um, Debo Samuel, Brandon, I, Juwan Jennings, Ray's McLeod, Danny Gray and Ronnie Bell. Race. I Just a little keep, abbreviation. I keep flip flopping between Ronnie Bell and Danny Gray. I have five receivers. I have the same first four as you. Right now, I have Danny Gray, but that's if you told me that Willie Sneed wound up being the last receiver, I wouldn't like fall out of my chair. Yeah, I, I had the same thought because he he did make or didn't he didn't make the team last year, but he did w end played. up getting called up from the practice squad and playing and playing on special teams. 
So I thought about having him make the, the initial 53, at least in this projection, but then I was like, they could probably get Bill Sneed to the uh to the practice squad and call him up again. Bill Sneed four. <laughs> and so yeah, like I had a hard time because I had a pretty good idea about like I, I would say 50 players or 51 players on the on the on this projection. Mm-hmm. But when you get to like 50, 51, 52, 53, not including the specialists, obviously, it became a little bit harder for me. And that's where, like, without seeing obviously any preseason games, at least, the Ronnie Bell spot became like, I'm not, I'm not married to the idea, like, oh, yeah, they're absolutely keeping six. Sure. Planning, yeah. planning my flag. I'm not, I'm not doing that at all. There's uh, a I, few. Sorry. No, but I, I just think Ronnie Bell could have could have value on special teams and and it sounds like he's had a, a good offseason and certainly a good training camp, potentially. So there's a couple different positions here where you could like I said, you could tell me anything about the Niners keeping five or six receivers and who those five or six receivers are, and I would just buy it. Yeah, sure. And I feel the same way a little bit about linebacker, but we'll get there. I'm a roster architect and technician with this stuff. Oh, are you? So Yeah. So I had initially had Ronnie Bell as my fifth receiver for special team stuff, but I wound up keeping Danny Gray because I like his offensive upside more. And we fixed the special teams thing that they lose with Ronnie Bell later on in the pod. So we're going to put a pin in that. I've got five receivers. Danny Gray is a fifth. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm just... Dude, I am absolutely dialed into teams. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I mean, that's the thing I do with all the preseason games is chart who's on the first team kickoff, who's on first team punt coverage. <laughs> you do that. Yeah. You're that's, tracking miles run. That's that's speed. how you know. That's how you know, like, oh. Willie Sneak. Are you a tape watcher first or are you a tape first, grinder? First team gunner. Uh I probably used to be a grinder more of a watcher now as as i've evolved in in this in this line of work i've realized that you can only utilize so much time in grinding tape when you don't oh, have a going. great idea of exactly what you're looking at totally <laughs> i'm not going to be one of those people who watches tape and then sits here and pretends like oh i'm a, i really know what i'm talking about because i watch tape there are people who watch tape who are just like i mean i don't want to sound this might sound silly, but like I think there are people who watch tape to say they watch tape. At me. <laughs> <laughs> like unless you know I what just, the calls dude, are, and unless you're like talking to people within the organization and being like, this is exactly what we want this guy to do in this scenario, you're just kind of guessing. No, yeah, you don't you're not looking at hand placement for defensive linemen like I am. That's fine. Looking for shock in their hands. <laughs> Looking for, looking for sand in their ass. Uh, <laughs> all right, offensive line. Speaking of, of offensive linemen, I have them keeping eight. I think that'll probably get pushed up to nine now that I'm looking at this. Yeah, I have nine. I think we have the same. I have Trent Williams, Colton McKivitz, Jalen Moore, Matt Pryor are my four tackles. Jalen Moore on Tuesday left practice with an apparent left knee injury according to Nick Wagner of ESPN our favorite cast member second mention on this pod um, but Moore's in there for now along with Matt Pryor 
And then at guard, I have Spencer Burford, Aaron Banks, and John Feliciano. I have Jake Brendel as a center, and then Feliciano is probably the backup center. But that leaves them super thin on the interior, which is where I think eventually I'm going to get to nine offensive linemen. But for now, I'm at eight. Yeah, so I have Williams, McKivitz, Moore, Pryor, Banks, Burford, Nick Zakel, Brendel, and Feliciano. Yeah. Zakel is the was the odd man out for me. Yeah, so Moore and Pryor both have experience at guard. Or at least the 49ers drafted Moore initially to be guard. It looked like he was leading the leading candidate to be the swing tackle before going down today. And we don't know what that injury is. Mm-hmm. But for now, for the purpose of this exercise, he's a swing tackle. Um, prior in 2020 played guard for the Eagles and he started at left guard for them. Um, so I think part of his appeal is that he could play both spots. Sure. Uh, Feliciano can play center in a pinch and, and definitely play guard. So I think just about all of their backups, when you're looking at more priors, Akel and Feliciano, all those guys have, um, have the versatility to play all over the line. Well, maybe with the exception of Zakel, who's probably limited to inside. But I think when you're when you're building an offensive line outside of your starters, you just want to have versatility. And and this is a team yeah. that pretty much, you know, had that with Daniel Brunskill, and and I think they're trying to replicate that with a few different guys this year. Remember Jason Poe? Sure do. Drafted rookie last year. Interesting. Interesting that he's just not a factor this year. Or at least he hasn't been. Like there were well, there not were not on this fifty three man projection. There were there were people last year who I trust very much who were like, Yeah, Jason Poe's a dude. Now he's just I not, mean, I guess. Maybe he is. Is he, he just was. not a not gonna be I don't know. I'll have a better answer after I grind the preseason tape. See yeah. how he gets Get to the second level. And yeah. See how he uses his hands and I'm still waiting for that to load in the Dropbox, but <laughs> uh is that it for offense i think that's it yep those are all the positions defense should we take a break let's take a break and then and then let's well done dude yeah here's some advertisements (laughs) hey it's your friends kyle and chris here with sg lamb chops our homies and our favorite fashion brand check them out at sglambchops.com go to instagram and follow them at sg lamb chops what's that that's a minnesota-based fashion brand they were founded in 2012 and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality and that's reflected in the lamb chops brand cleaver logo it's so sick it's such a sick logo it's just a really clean just a cleaver and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece chris you and i both have a closet full of this stuff and I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort. And we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing. And with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable. But Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need. And they happen to make very fashionable items. Also, you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets. We all love those, but they can look a little bit boring sometimes. You can get some leopard print. You can get some inverted leopard print. So the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool. It looks almost like a dark camo. Well, you can get That's regular it. leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit. 
Um, you and I have both rocked the various animal prints. They're not even animal prints, but they're just you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions, mm. favorite animals. Um, you can get basic sweat shorts. Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium, and super stylish. And I think that's that's just a great combo for for any clothing brand. But Lamb Chops really stands out among the rest for that, and uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them. Lamb Chops is leading the herd with original and high-quality clothing. They offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So join the group that's leading the herd, SG Lamb Chops. That's sglambchops.com. And on Instagram, at SG Lamb Chops. Follow them right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now we're back. Now we're on the defensive side. Defense is hard because I split... I don't know how you do it. I split it up between defensive end and defensive tackle. But I think you just do one big long list because you're chaotic. Well, we know Chris Kasurik loves playing defensive ends at defensive tackle. It's a great point. So I don't, you know, I, I don't love throwing labels around on those guys. Sure. <laughs> you know, we, I just we have the see... I just have the organizational brain space to differentiate those two things. Sure. You, anyway. you remember Arden Key? I do. You remember, you remember Charles Amenahu? Yeah, no doubt. Kerry Hyder. Gary Hyder, still here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to start with the defensive line? Yeah. Uh, I have them. This is for for me real quick because we just talked about the offensive line. And I was saying that I'm probably going to add a ninth offensive lineman. I will probably shed one from the defensive line because I'm keeping 11 defensive linemen. That's a lot. 11 is a lot. That's a number of defensive linemen. I have nine. Um. They've kept nine or ten. I feel like I don't know. I don't remember them ever keeping eleven. They've they've tip, typically eleven's too many. Points. It's too many. This is an early projection. Yeah. Um, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, 
Drake Jackson, Javon Kinlaw, Austin Bryant, Cleland Furl, Kevin Givens, and Kerry Hyder. Toughest omission for me, uh, my guy T.Y. McGill. Mm, you love T.Y. Just just flashed. Just flashed last Sneaky year. productive last year. No, he was. He had a couple of splash plays for sure. I have all of those dudes. I kept T.Y. McGill. My two extras are T.Y. McGill and then Kalia Davis. The converted linebacker, the draft pick last year. He tore his ACL in college. Got in some practices at the end of the year. But um, really fun to watch. Like every once in a while, just moves a little bit differently. So I had a tough time choosing between one of those guys. And so I just kept them both. Yeah, that's fair. I think Davis, you could probably get to the practice squad, barring like him really showing out in the in the sure. preseason. The one, the the one I'm I'm kind of interested in is Robert Beale Jr. Fifth round pick from Georgia, super toolsy player. Like everything, every box that you would want on height, weight, speed, arm length, like all that, he's got it. And I just think a player like that, if you're cutting him and hoping to get him to the practice squad, I don't think you would. Because there's going to be a team that probably liked him in the draft because of all those physical tools. And then. Yeah. They go snag him. So my solution to that is potentially you keep Robert Beal. You unload Kalia Davis and T.Y. McGill. And then you have Kerry Hyder play on the inside. So Kerry Hyder might be at the point in his career where you just like, I don't know. Like, I think we've probably worn all the tread on those tires. Yeah, maybe. And maybe he's the guy who. Sure. Who you clear room for one of these guys. I, I just think for right now, they love his versatility. He's a Chris Kassurik guy. Right, exactly. So I think he, you know, he can play inside outside. Um, so yeah, yeah that, that's my nine. I, would be interested to see how many, if any, of their defensive linemen who get cut uh, get to the practice squad, or if other teams are like, "Oh, Chris Gosurik's worth worked with him. Let's let's snatch him up." Yeah, so. yeah. Or if it's the opposite of, "Hey, that guy's only going to work with Chris Gosurik." Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's definitely of all the positions that I think I'm going to tweak a lot as this goes. I think the defensive line is going to be a lot going to be going to be one of them. Sure. Moving into the second level at linebacker, I have five, and I believe we have the same five. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Oren Burks, Marcelino McCrary, Ball, and D. Winters are my five. No notes. Hell yeah. This is this is a position like receiver. It's Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and then pick three. Kinda. Oren Burks and Marcelino McCrary Ball are the ones getting the first team reps at Sam Linebacker. Which to me means you can, I guess, kind of just pencil those guys in and then it's just a battle for that fifth spot. And that'll probably come down to who can contribute on special teams. It's not a great sign to me for Demetrius Flanagan Fowles that he's not getting any first team Sam snaps. I think he's a will, a will and only guy. Like, yeah, I just don't, I don't think that's probably great. Sure. He's a, he's a former safety. He's like 200. Right. But like, I don't know. They they might really like Flanagan Fowles for special teams. We'll see. Um, I think the the big question mark, not big question mark, it, it's a question mark, is Jalen Graham, seventh round pick. 
Um, because he could absolutely like it. W- it would not shock me if Demetrius Flanagan Fowles was on the outside looking in because of Jalen Graham. But Jalen yeah. Graham would have to do it on special teams, I think. And D. Winters is going to have to do it on special teams, also. No doubt. Yeah, I'm. I I have. I have no firm takes on who the fifth linebacker is going to be. <laughs> I got to see it. You're what if we're the What if we're the podcast that spends twenty five minutes arguing about the fifth linebacker? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the way Jalen Graham moved? Oh, okay. So you know more than Scott McLuhan. You know more than Scott McLuhan. Okay. Okay. No. 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 Okay. No. Cool. Cool, man. <laughs> you still talk to Chris? No, man. F that guy. Yeah. Can you believe you thought Curtis Robinson was going to make the fifty-three? Uh, cornerback. I have I have five. Same. Charvarius Ward, Diamador Lenore, Isaiah Oliver, Ambry Thomas. Somewhat surprising turnaround so far. Uh, and Samuel Womack. Sammy Lowe. Okay. I don't really disagree. Um, Deshaun Jameson, though, the undrafted rookie from Texas, randomly got a shout-out from Brandon Ayuk the other day where he was talking about the corners and how much they've been chirping, and he talked about Amory Thomas and Diomedor Lenore, and then he just said 22. He's been out there balling and, and competing hard. And then John Lynch talked about it and how... He struggled a little bit through OTAs, but he's played really well in camp and he's earned all these other opportunities. And then he can also return kicks. He was a really effective kick returner in college. Is this your is... your returner take? Yeah. So this is where this is where Ronnie Bell got booted. Shout out to Michigan. Go blue. Um I think the fact that Brandon Ayuk of all people is like, yeah, hey, I noticed this undrafted rookie. I think that means something. And then the way John Lynch talked about him, like that wasn't just, I think, random. So I'm going to put Deshaun Jameson in there for now. And I'm going to feel okay about it because I think he can contribute on special teams. And if he can be a return man in a pinch, then I think that just, that's uh that's an added, an added benefit for him. So I'm not so- going to be stunned if he doesn't make it, but that's just kind of where I'm at on so I like that take a lot. Um, not because I'm not going to sit here and lie to you that I know a lot about Deshaun Jameson, aside from hearing Brandon Ayuk and John Lynch talk about him. But I think every year, maybe not, I, I don't want to say this definitively because I don't know it for a fact, but I feel like every year an undrafted rookie makes a team. And in my yeah. 53-man roster, I don't have any undrafted rookies. So chances are I'm going to be one. wrong in not having an undrafted rookie make the team, even though it's a loaded roster and it's it probably a good would, roster and it probably would be harder barring injury, of course, yeah. or an undrafted rookie to crack the 53. So I think the take that Deshaun Jameson could be that undrafted rookie that does make it is a good one. Thanks. Um, we did not include Daryl Luter who's currently on pup i believe yeah he has a he hyperextended his knee late in otas he has a deep bro- bone bruise according to john lynch 
I just, if you're a rookie who hasn't gotten on the field yet, it's just hard for me to plug him in there. That's how you get to the practice squad. Yeah. How you end up on the practice squad, I should say. Yeah. So I've got Sean Jamison in there, and I feel good about it. Oh, you know what name we didn't mention when we were talking about defensive line? Taco Taco Charlton. Charlton. Yeah. He's in the building. He's there. So you don't think we don't think he's making it. No, he has Kamoko Ture vibes to me. Where (laughs) if they had gotten him five years ago, there would have been a lot more intrigue. And at this point, he's played a lot of football and he's just not great at it. Let me, he's not great at NFL football. Right. He's one of the best football players in the universe. (laughs) (laughs) By definition, just not. Just in the scope of the NFL. Like I think he's on the outside of the roster looking at. Right. Um, Did you know that they signed him on a Tuesday? So was, was it ergo taco Tuesday? It was, man, that's clever. I only saw the joke 64 times. (laughs) Anyways, taco Charlton, taco Charlton, along with a guy like D Virgin is on a list of players that no matter what happens to them, Adam Schefter is going to tweet the transaction because it boosts engagement because everybody's got jokes. Shout out to D Virgin. That was not a name. I thought we would get some 49ers, get some burn to on this pod. <laughs> uh, safety, Tayshawn Gibson, Talanoa Hufunga, Jair Brown, George Odom. Those are the four. Those are the four. Uh, Miles Hartsfield. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Great, great guest. Really good guest. So we what don't if we have were just shameless Miles Hartsfield stands? I mean, we could Because be. of that. Just access journalism? <laughs> Look, I don't see any reason that Miles Hartsfield can't be better than Tayshawn Gibson in 2023. What does Tayshawn Gibson do better than Miles Hartsfield? Oh, wait. <laughs> Play free safety. Um, Anyways, uh, it, so so for me with Hartsfield, I'm fascinated because <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm I need to see what he does in in preseason games in terms of like just alignment. Is he just lining up and playing free safety, or are they having him move down in the box and play de facto Sam linebacker? Is he lining up in the slot? Is he lining up an outside corner? Are they moving him around, or are they just seeing if he's one of their four best safeties and crossing their fingers yeah yeah because as as our 53 man is situated you have isaiah oliver obviously is a starting nickel but Mm -hmm. lenore can play nickel and womack Womack can play nickel so like john lynch said they think that jameson has inside outside versatility Mm. So yeah, it might be tough for Hartsfield to uh, to crack the roster. Yeah, but yeah, great podcast guest, really good podcast guest. I hope he makes it just for that, so we can try and request him. Um, specialists, I have Zane Gonzalez, Mitch Wisnowski, and Tabor Pepper. That's that's oh, that's a joke. Interesting. I, I, I have, have Zane Gonzalez, Jake <laughs> Moody, and Tabor Pepper. No punter. Oh, <laughs> just just not <laughs> a short yardage kicker and a long yardage kicker. 
I've got four quarterbacks, two kickers, no punter. The way Nick Moody's been talked about at training camp would suggest Jake Moody. Jake Moody. Nick Moody Moody hasn't been talked about in training camp for a lot of years. I like Nick Moody. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Do you like him more or less than Corey Toomer? Much more. Same. Jake Moody. Shout out to Nick Moody, though. Florida State legend. Um, Jake Moody. Uh, sounds like he can kick field goals from 140 yards. He's apparently only missed once, but he drilled a 60 yarder and a 53 yarder on Tuesday. So Brian Schneider, the special teams coach said something super interesting on Tuesday. Was it fascinating? Super. (laughs) No, just interesting. Okay. Super interesting. Super interesting. Shy of fascinating though. So. The question was the range he has is what we expected to see. Has it been as impressive for you guys? Sure. This is interesting and a funny one. Yeah, and we've got to continue to test that out and see. So we'll continue to do that with different weather and different circumstances. How do they do that? I am so interested to know. Do they just take like one of those swamp fans and just blow it straight at him or behind him or to the side? Do they like hose, like just like shower him with a hose as he's kicking? You know what you do? Tell me. You know how on golf simulators you can like adjust the wind and like the conditions in the, on the golf simulator. Yes. Create an algorithm so your foresight or your track man golf simulator can can track a kicked football and just change the conditions and have them kick into the, the golf simulator like you would hitting a golf shot. Maybe they have that technology. That's a billion dollar idea, to be honest. What NFL team's not buying that? Just All just of them. Yeah, who needs a com? Like, why? Why would you have a kicker combine? Like, you could, you could have a kicker simulator at the combine, and and like, well, yeah, you made a you you made some nice kicks in a dome with no wind or anything <laughs> in Indianapolis. Like, that's cool. How about a fifty-five <laughs> yarder with forty mile an hour wind coming from the southwest? Yeah, hell yeah. Then you'll really the sound of the football hitting that simulator would be ungodly. (laughs) Especially off Jake off Jake Moody's leg. Oh, just Thunderfoot. (laughs) I'm delirious. I have nothing else to say. That's our 53 man rosters. Okay, real quick. Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, three quarterbacks. Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Ty Davis, Bryce Jordan, Mason Kyle, Uzcheck. George yeah. Kittle, Charlie Warner, Cameron Latsu, Braden Willis. For you. For me. Uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ike, Juwan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, Danny Gray, Ronnie Bell, Trent Williams, Colton McKivitz, Jalen Moore, Matt Pryor, Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford, Nick Sakel, Jake Brendel, John Feliciano, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Oren Burks, Marcelino McCreary, Ball, D winners. Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Drake Jackson, Javon Kinlaw, Austin Bryant, Cleveland Farrell, Kevin Givens, Kerry Hyder, Traverius Ward, Diamador, Lenore Isaiah, Oliver, Ambry Thomas, Samuel Womack, Tayshawn Gibson, Talano, Hufanga, Jair Brown, George Odom, Jake Moody, Mitch Wisnowski, Tabor Pepper. 
And tune in next time as Chris reads more names. <laughs> I mean, that's just who's going to make the team. The t- the 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 thing my my overall kind of takeaway here just to kind of get this back on track or try. <laughs> um, we're serious, dude. We're very serious people. Um, the takeaway for me is that the Niners roster is just really, really good. Like every, every quote unquote tough decision that there is on here is like a fifth linebacker. Who do they keep five or six receivers? And who's that fifth guy? There's, they're so good in the first like 45 spots of their roster. All the hand-wringing about the quarterback situation and how crazy it is and how controversial it is is kind of missing the forest for the trees. Right? I agree. Like, to I your totally point, agree with you. Like, realistically, based on history, they could probably win games with any of those three quarterbacks they've mentioned. And maybe even Brandon Allen. Maybe not playoff games with Brandon Allen, but, like, if Brock Purdy can win you playoff games, then it, on this team with that defense and that play caller and those skill guys, it wouldn't be completely insane to see Sam Darnold or Trey Lance do the same thing, right? No. And I think that's why they want all those quarterbacks is because they believe they can win with those guys. I think Brandon Allen is like, yeah, like him more than Josh Johnson, but if he has to start the Super Bowl, they're calling Phillip Rivers. Or Tom Brady. Did you hear Kyle Shanahan say that? Say what? Philip Rivers? That Philip Rivers was the guy they were going to call if they got to the Super Bowl? I did see that. Um, Not buying it? It was just really hard for me to wrap my mind around. <laughs> like, because signing Philip Rivers off the street to go play the Kansas City Chiefs. I just don't think it would have went well. Yeah, probably not. But does it go better with Josh Johnson? No. (laughs) No. All right, fair enough. No. (laughs) No, but yeah. Dynamite. I I just... I don't think we need to litigate it. I don't think there's a it quarterback that started. This yeah, it, it's like a hypothetical situation that's thankfully not pertinent to anything. Um, it would have been a crazy Super Bowl couple weeks leading into it if that were the case. Would have been bananas. Do they? They they would have had to sign him like the Monday after the NFC Championship game. Oh, like immediately, yeah. But they would have had the benefit of like not having film. <laughs> <laughs> like the <It's> good point <laughs> this chief's defense would add much to prepare with so yeah anyways that's our 53 man roster projection the, the, we'll do we'll do another one or two before uh before the season begins but this is one of my favorite parts of training camp is just toying with the roster and kind of seeing what it looks like so that's uh that's where that's at more training camp stuff coming up later this week Subscribe, rate, review if you have not done that. Shout out to Lamb Chops, sglambchops.com. Promo code Candlestick20. You look like you want to say something. If Brandon Allen makes the team, either as the 
four string quarterback or over Sam Darnold, a healthy Sam Darnold or Trey Lance. There's no injuries. I will chug a candlestick Chronicles beer as fast as I can. I'm not going to promise to shotgunning it because I think that might be too much of an ask. Howard. It's just, it's a pint. It's beer not bong. a 12 ounce light beer. It's a pint of hazy IPA. Beer but I will drink one as fast as humanly possible at our live event, which is to be announced. Did we announce a date for that? We have not. Okay. We're going to hold it's coming up. It's coming up. But, All right. yeah, that's a promise. Like before, before we start talking, I will say, Grant Allen made the team. I, I need to do this because I said I would on the pod and I'll do it. So if Brandon Allen makes the team in any capacity or over one of Trey Lance or Sandon? If he makes it as the fourth quarterback or over Trey Lance or Sandon. So if he makes it at all. If one of those dudes gets hurt and is out for the season before it starts and Brandon Allen's a de facto third string quarterback, that doesn't count. Okay, but if they're available. Yeah. Mark that down. Mark the tape down. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.